0: this is a test for the next 60 seconds this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system
1: America here comes the relief from the pain unapologetically this is Lock and Load with Bill Frady This is Lock and Load, and as we do, we're now going to segue and move slightly eastward and go to Austin, Texas, where we pick up the editor-in-chief of the truthaboutguns.com That being Dan Zimmerman, good afternoon, sir. Good
0: afternoon. Happy summer.
1: Indeed. Is it summertime now? Is that official? Yeah. Let's go.
0: Uh, June 21st. I got gotcha. you. We're here.
1: Okay. Anyway. I haven't been paying attention because here in, in the upstate of South Carolina it's pretty much like the Philippines during uh during spring. Yeah,
0: I'm sure. Then I-
1: when summer hits it, you know, it's like full blown like the Philippines. Anyway. Uh, the, uh the, the 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 president has been at it again. What's he been up to lately and what kind of nonsense is he sputtering nowadays?
0: Well, it's, it's it's a lot of what he's said in the past, but it, it seems to be getting more frequent, and some might even call him a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Um, yeah, he's been, you know, he's, he's now officially campaigning for 2024, um, and that means that they have to uh, let him out of his crypt more often and put him in front of a microphone, and that's when things get interesting. So... They, um, they can't always control what he says, even with a teleprompter. And that means there's lots of interesting things being spouted. Uh, and particularly where guns are involved, uh, very little of it has any basis in fact. So he's spouting uh, things like uh, uh, the second amendment says that there's some guns you can't own. Um, uh, and, uh, of course, the whole thing about you know nobody nobody's going to take on the government because you need F sixteen and that kind of thing. But what's interesting is it's gotten to the point now that um, the lies are so frequent and so um, so so you, you can't gloss over them so much anymore that even CNN fact checked him this week. They ran a post. Um, fact checking five gun lines that he made. Um, and as you know, that when when Joe Biden loses CNN, something's wrong. Somebody at CNN <laughs> has decided, you know what? Maybe this isn't our best option for 2024 anymore. Um, so, you know, they called him out. They said, uh, his, uh, late son, Bo Biden, um, was the first to ever enforce a red flag law when he was Attorney General of Delaware. Well, Joe Biden died in 2015, um, and the state didn't have a red flag law until 2018, so it was very difficult for him to enforce anything like that, mm-hmm. even though the red flag law is named after him. Uh, they called it, for some reason, I think the Bo Biden gun violence prevention law or something stupid like that. Um, they pointed out the fact, you know, that uh, he was at some gun violence summit in in Connecticut last week or or, or so, and and claimed that when you, when you put a brace on a pistol, it magically converts the pistol to a gun and also changes the caliber. Um, uh, I don't know where you can buy those kinds of those pistol braces, but I'd sure love to have one. Um, uh, so they made fun of him for that. Uh, they called him out again on his oft-repeated lie that gun manufacturers uh, can't be sued for any reason. That, of course, is a lie. Um, they can and have been sued many, many, many times. But And they they called that one that I hadn't even heard. I didn't know that he had, he had said that. He said... Um, Uh, He claimed that the the NRA can't be sued. And the fact that the NRA has such overwhelming power, you know, the NRA is the only outfit in the nation that we cannot sue as an institution. They got, uh, before this, before I became president, they passed legislation to say you can't sue them. Imagine that has been the case with, if that had been the case with tobacco companies. I know he's old. I know he's brain is, you know, ro- is rotting as we speak. I know he's that old. I'm sure dementia is well on its way to, to to claiming any remaining cognitive abilities he has. But that was a really creative one. I'm not sure where that came from. And um, uh, even CNN said, Biden's claim is false. but gun manufacturers have liability protections. No law has ever passed to prohibit suits against the NRA. The NRA has faced a variety of lawsuits in recent years. Um, In other words, Biden is telling lies so big that even his allies in the uh, anti-gun media cannot ignore them anymore.
1: Can you imagine what it must be like to be on his staff
0: they the must other, live in abject fear. The Every other thing the other
1: thing is that he, he 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 all of his stuff and I know all of his stuff is predicated on a lie, even before he became a desiccated old pervert. But I mean uh does he not understand uh the the lessons we've learned from Vietnam and Afghanistan as far as how much anybody needs an F sixteen if they're not gonna actually get out there and take the ground?
0: He doesn't, he doesn't know that. He doesn't recognize that. Uh, even younger, allegedly more cogent people like Eric Swalwell love to spout the same garbage that if you're going to go up against the, the United States, you know, you better have nukes. You better have F-16. Um, sadly, uh, it's been shown time and time again that if you, uh, if you fight the right kind of war and wait long enough, you can you can outlast the United States. Military
1: well, if you're not going to go out there and just if the United States military is not going to go out there and just say uh, we're just going to kill everything let's go let's start yeah, here exactly. we're going to start here and we're going to end here and when we get down, we should be finished If they're not going to do that, yeah. then no they may as well not even go
0: correct because when when the when the public loses interest um and when the, tide, the political tide changes in Congress, as it did um, after uh, 9-11, and then in, in with the Iraq War, um, all you have to do is, is hang on long enough, and eventually the United States will say, you know what, it's enough blood, it's enough treasure, we're done, let's just get the hell out of here.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> That's the fun. That's the fun. Oh, it's so much fun. It's 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 very difficult when Democrats are. Well, it's it's getting pretty difficult when Republicans are in charge too. To be quite honest with you, I'm I'm having a hard time sometimes uh, telling the difference. We can let's let's talk about that next before we get into the next next thing from the truth about guns i just want to ask your opinion of that in the short in the uh, in the short segment if you can and uh, this article by the way is on the front page right now as we speak at the truth about com, where it, the, the, the very most prolific website there is on the web when it comes to putting out the latest in the gun culture in the gun world whatever's new they have it they know what's happening with it Before you do. In some cases, I'll get a a, a breaking news, and I mean, it really is truly breaking news. You'll hear about it there before you'll hear about it anywhere else, and definitely before the uh, fake stream legacy media gets a hold of it. So, the truthaboutguns.com, that's where Dan plies his trade. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. believe there's nothing better than the smell of freshly crafted leather then you better check out craftholsters.com a combination of high carry comfort easy concealment great fit and varied holster offer craft holsters are your answer to ultimate concealed carry experience What are you waiting for? Get the same holster brand that I carry. Go to craftholsters.com right now and select from premium custom leather holsters for over 2,300 semi-autos and revolvers for both right- and left-handed shooters. That's craftholsters.com. Again, craftholsters.com. back. This is Lock and Load, talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. dot com. Oftentimes, I will call Dan offline. It'll have nothing to do with anything. I'll just be, I'll be, I'll just be spouting something. I'll, I'll feel quite, I'll, I'll feel quite unreasonable, I'll be honest with you. And um, so I'll, I'll, I'll call Dan to try to bring me down. I'm sure that just makes your day when that happens, doesn't it? I'm sure it does.
0: Um, I always love to see your name flash up in my.
1: Anyway, um, one of my issues that I have right now with the feds, anyway. Now, with the states, uh, you know, the Republicans, some of these Republican states like, uh, well, just any state that has gone ahead and gone with the permitless carry. I don't know how pro-gun I sit back and go, oh, absolutely, those guys are pro-gun all day long, as long as a day is long. But the Republicans, on the other hand. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, when Trump got elected, didn't he say he would sign national uh, reciprocity if it was put on his desk? He
0: did. He did.
1: And what was the and, and the holdup was Ryan, as I recall, initially, right?
0: Well, maybe. I mean, that that bill, along with the Hearing Protection Act, both of those were moving in Congress. And moving well. And the prospects looked very good. And then, literally days, I think, before one of the two bills, and years ago now, I can't remember, uh, was due to have, uh, have a hearing in the House. That's when we had the uh, congressional baseball game practice shooting. Um, and that changed the entire landscape. And both bills were pulled and I assume Ryan, um, but I'm sure there were other, or there were others in the House too, uh, didn't want to be seen as passing pro gun legislation after a prominent shooting of federal legislators.
1: So when we, ha- I mean, we only get a chance of passing this kind of stuff though when we hold all three of the primary, you know, the House, Senate, presidency. That's the only way for us to get Correct. anything passed. When we, when we did this, the last time this happened in the opening of of Trump's presidency, uh, the Republicans, for some reason, I mean, uh, and a good example, Obamacare. How many times when Obama was still president did they vote to repeal Obamacare after Republicans took control of, of the House? Eight?
0: It's easy to posture on those kinds of issues, or any issue, when you know that whatever it is you say and whatever legislation you you write and whatever vote you cast has no realistic pr- um, prospect of becoming law. That's right. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> so why with Obamacare when they had because that's where all of the time was spent, right? They were busy trying to repeal Obamacare. That was one thing he promised he would do if they would put it together. And instead of just repealing it, they wanted to repeal and replace when they finally could actually do something to move those chains. Um, what were your th- well, when, when that was happening? Did did a lot of lights go on in your head when that happened? Well,
0: know. yeah, it, it confirmed. I mean, to their credit, they they came within one vote of getting that done. right. Um, they, they, they passed it in the House, and John McCain, because he hated Donald Trump so much, voted no um, uh, in the in the uh, Senate, and that was that was the one vote needed to kill it. And that's why Obamacare was never completely repealed right It was, it, it was a fit of peak. In spite on the on the part of a bitter old man who had been insulted by Donald Trump and would rather exact some revenge uh, than do something he you would think he would want to do, but um, it just it showed more about his character than it did Donald Trump's.
1: Well, I mean, do you think that was part of, was was the problem with that? That I mean, McCain. He tried he 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 waited till it was his turn to run for the presidency and then he lost. Mhm. And he lost primarily because all his pro, his platform was talking about Barack Obama. Right? He, he didn't talk about what he was going to do. He talked about Barack Obama.
0: Uh yeah, again, my brain is 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 getting older by the day and I don't remember as much as I used to, but I that that, that does seem to be a lot of it. You know, you know, he had all these friends in the media uh who were friends of his until he ran was running against a Democrat for president. Then of course they they turned on him. Um and you're right, uh he made it more about running against uh Obama than he did uh telling people what um what he would do. And there were just a lot of things going against Obama was a very good candidate. Oh yeah. He had every advantage. He had uh he had of course you know the media uh, behind him, and there was he just, was a was well. I mean,
1: he was a great campaigner. He he used text messages in campaigning. I think it was the first time that had ever been yeah, used.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they ran a great campaign. That, yeah. that, I, that was just destined to happen.
1: So, and and McCain, on the other hand, the only reason McCain was the nominee was because it was his turn. He was the Mitt Romney. He was the Bob Dole.
0: Right. Exactly. So, exactly.
1: and I mean, uh, every time we run somebody that it's their turn, they lose. And to to his credit, with Trump, Trump was sort of like Obama. He came out of nowhere, right? Came out of nowhere and won it. Now, um, do you think part of that bitterness was due to the fact that Trump won and he didn't?
0: Uh, I don't think it was so much that as that he, if you remember, he uh, Trump directly insulted him um, and said something about his being a prisoner of war and how that was not honorable. I can't remember the exact quote. Um, but he, he directly insulted McCain and in his war record because he'd been a prisoner of war.
1: Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, the, the thing about being, him being a prisoner of war, it's more impressive to me that what he survived when he became a prisoner of war at the Hanoi Hilton. Oh. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, it he, was, uh, uh, I, I'm sure if even if you would ask him if he were still around to ask, would you rather stayed up in that plane and just kept on bombing everything, or would you? Did you enjoy your time as a prisoner of war? He'd say, No, no, I'd rather been in the plane. Um, that's the impressive part what he put up with and survived at the Hanoi Hilton. So uh, I. Oh yeah. But I mean, it, Trump. Trump's strong point is that. Trump knows how to poke the bear and make the bear react like a crazy, like a rabid bear. It's, and, uh, you know, I don't he, know why he would do that with McCain, but he did it with
0: McCain. Well, and, and, and that's what I was just going to say. Yes, he does know how to do that and he enjoys doing that, but he doesn't know when not to do it. And there was, it wasn't as like if he was running against McCain. There was yeah. no reason to do that. And it came back to bite him. Yeah. He could have signed into law the, the uh, the repeal of Obamacare as he had promised. Um, but uh, he did. He, that that would he, he he had only himself to blame for it. Indeed. That was an incredibly petty and spiteful move by McCain. But you know, it was a fight that uh,
1: he's not remembered by me as a statesman for that one. Let's put it that way. He's not remembered by well, me as a statesman. But anyway, we, we're, uh, we're heading into the break. Uh, this is not at thetruthaboutguns.com, dot com, but I have these discussions with with Dan because he's the only one that I can have him with we'll be right back this is Lock and Load I've seen just about every corner of this country three million miles in my career I spent a lot of hours on the road but I love being my own boss The road can be a beautiful place, but you're out here on your own. There certainly are risks.
0: I'm Charles. I'm a truck driver, a husband, and a father. And that's why I choose federal. Federal.
1: When it comes to online gun shops, Primary Arms is one of America's largest retailers of new firearms, parts, accessories, and gear. They stock over 600 popular brands, all with everyday low prices and fast shipping. If you ever have any questions about a product, their team of product experts will help you make the right purchase. So, don't settle for less. Visit PrimaryArms.com today and see why so many gun owners make it their first destination for all of their firearms In the 21st century, the handgun has become the preeminent self-defense tool. At CH Precision, we specialize in taking your weapon to the highest degree of functionality possible. With a complete array of goods and services specializing in red dot sight installation, CH Precision will help you realize the most effective handgun the first time. If you need slide milling, installation, or accessories, go to chpws.com. CH Precision. Welcome to the Boom Squad. Welcome back. This is Lock and Low talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. We had a new phenomenon happen over the weekend. We had the weekend coup. And the weekend coup was over about the time it began and everything. But do you think there are some lessons we can take away from uh, the antics of Putin and Prigozhin? What, 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 What do you think the Russian people learned from that one?
0: I, I, well, I'm, I'm not sure. It was pretty interesting. You don't get coups or attempted coups in major nuclear powers very often. Um, and it, it seemed to be over almost as quickly as it started um, yesterday. It only lasted a few hours. But it, one thing that was interesting that came out of it was um, a quote from a um, an exiled former Russian oligarch who somehow got on the wrong side of Putin and decided he didn't want to magically fall out of a building like so many of the, Putin's enemies did. So he um, uh, a guy named Mikhail Khodork- Khodorkovsky said um, uh, now we see that only armed people can resist the dictatorship uh now there's a small window of opportunity where there's chaos in the streets and security forces are not in control of the situation. He saw that he's no fan of Prigozhin, uh, but he saw that um, um, this might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to wrest power from Putin. He said, if you see strength in yourself in the future to become those uh, those armed people who will oppose Putin or Prigozhin, uh, that it's time to arm yourself. Prigozhin is not our friend, not even our ally. He's a bandit and a war criminal, but his rebellion is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and there won't be another one like it for a long time. But, again, back up above, he said, now we see the only that only armed people can resist the dictatorship. It's amazing. You know, if only the founders here had had that idea um, 250 years ago. Oh, wait, they did. They realized exactly the same thing and had the foresight to write that into the Constitution and make that the Second Amendment. Because they wanted to make sure that if tyranny ever took over uh, and oppressed people here in the United States, that the people would have the ability um, to fight back and overthrow it, just as we did against the King of King of England. Um, so, yes, it's it's always enlightening when people in other countries discover the right uh, or the uh, the value of an armed populace.
1: Would you not think they already know that though,
0: of course they do, and yeah. that's why they're they're oppressed, and that's why governments in all in in these countries have no interest whatsoever in having an armed populace uh with a few notable exceptions like Switzerland and a few others um, widespread gun ownership uh le- the legal ability to carry guns that type of thing that isn't in the interest of anybody who's in power anywhere. Um, especially in less democratic societies. Um, and they, uh, they want to ensure that that isn't a pro- problem that they ever have to deal with or worry about. Uh, and it's, you know, you don't have to have to be a rocket scientist to figure out why, uh, at some point, if you make life miserable enough for your population, they will, they can and will rise up against you. and you said, Of course, you can see it. You've seen it happen in places like Iran, where there's been a number of attempts at rebellion. But you've got a populace that isn't armed and can't do anything much other than demonstrate in the street and eventually become cannon fodder for the military.
1: Well, I guess in Russia though, I, I guess the, 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 the interesting thing about the Russian military that I have, uh, for, for, for a minute, for just for a minute, uh, I was a little concerned about the Russian military.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that, um, I think that Prigozhin had hopes of a significant number of the Russian military jumping over to his side. As right. He was- Moving, moving toward Moscow. And when that didn't happen, he did it about faith. And now I think he's in. somehow they quote unquote allowed him to go to Belarus. And that's where he's going to be uh, spending the rest of his days, hoping nobody sticks him in the back of the leg with, a, with an umbrella. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing, the thing with uh, what he did, he probably had not enough logistics. No, like no what? I'm sorry. He probably didn't have enough logistics. They were moving fast and hard. And everybody was like, Why'd you stop?
0: Well, that's a wonderful question. That that that, that too. And then I read a different account today where and who knows how much this is true, how much isn't, um, where Purgoji claims to have twenty five thousand troops, some people and the out said one ex- expert, quote unquote, thinks it's closer to twenty five hundred. I find it hard to believe that you would have ever thought to try to march on Moscow with only twenty five hundred troops. But so who knows? That's probably garbage. So much of what comes out of well, I, Ukraine I, and Russia, is, yeah, it is, is misinformation.
1: I think with a, with any coup, it just it boils down to where, how deep can you get into, and how fast can you take over the leadership? Right. Because the Russians, except for the generals, I mean, one of the, I mean, I don't know how it is now, but in the, uh, in the eighties during the cold war, our goal was always to, uh, knock out their leader as soon as we identified who that was and just see what they did at that point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You want to instill chaos. And- yeah. Well, I mean, just go to it, them it's, to operate.
1: it's not like, so, and I would, I would imagine it's a little bit like this in the civilian world too. Um, Whenever he decides to do something, I'm almost certain he doesn't go to his cabinet and say, this is what I want to do, and he, give me your input, how would you do it? Which is exactly how a fire team, when, when, a, when a lieutenant or a sergeant gets, a, gets an assignment in, a mil, in the American military, he sits down with his crew and he says, okay, this is what we got to do, what, tell me what you think. And then everybody knows exactly what the objective is.
0: Well, yeah, it's kind of nice to have everybody pulling in the same direction and yeah. working toward the same goal. Indeed. Um, so. so, Yeah, who, I, I don't know who's really running things at the White House these days. Um, I, I guess the thing uh, I would yeah.
1: take away from it is when you are a disarmed populace. whenever the two big boys decide they want to fight, you just sort of have to sit back and watch and hope they don't shell your house, right?
0: Well, that was part of the concern yesterday. If you look at the record of what uh, Russia's done in cities, in Ukraine um, Prigozhin had pulled up in, I can't remember the name of the town, south of Moscow and they were, the people there were extremely concerned that he was going to unleash the air force in the city and just flatten it just like they tried to do to a number of Ukrainian cities. Right. Uh, that of course uh, would have Carried some significant political risk as
1: well. Well, I mean, the Russians have adopted a lot of ISIS tactics as well. That they're 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 taking their camcorders and doing a bunch of decapitations.
0: I was not aware
1: of that. Oh yeah, yeah, they're doing that whenever they capture some uh, Ukrainians. They pull out the camcorders and film film the decapitations. Hmm. So All
0: right.
1: yeah, uh, if anybody just dis- if anybody and somebody's given that order. Somebody's given that order. Somebody has okayed that. So we'll see. I'm not that concerned with what the international community is going to do because we already see what they're going to do. They're not going to do much of nothing. But um, anyway, anyhow, this article is at the truthaboutguns.com. This is where you find the most prolific, prolific information when it comes to The gun culture, the gun world, all the other stuff. And the biggest thing that they are worried about with you is that you know about issues, that you know about details, that you know what is what and what isn't. And therein lies their problem. This is one way to arm yourself with information. And an armed electorate with information is more dangerous than if everybody had a gun. That's the heart. that They're trying to control all of that for you. But we'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load talking to Dan Zimmerman from the truthaboutguns.com. And we've got this quote from, uh, I don't know this pilgrim's name, but he's the Tulsa, Oklahoma, Chief of Police. And I quote the quote. Ultimately, I'm a Second Amendment guy. I own guns, of course, but I'm okay with giving up some of that freedom, right? We had to give up some of that freedom after 9-11, which, yeah, I guess he thinks that was okay. I'm okay with waiting three days, five days, or whatever to get my firearm if I go out and purchase another firearm. So I'm okay with a pause to allow for the weapons to be purchased and allow the government and the gun companies to look at the background and do a thorough check before that gun goes to someone. He doesn't even, I mean, just for that alone, he's completely ignorant, isn't he? Talking to Dan Zimmerman from the TruthAboutGuns.com. I mean, that's, are the gun companies going in looking at your background? Or did I not know that? How did I not know that?
0: Uh, this is Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin, by the way. Um, and uh, anytime anybody in a uniform stands up and says, ultimately, I'm a Second Amendment guy. Hold on to your gun. Lock your safe. That down the hatches, something's coming. Um, because there's always gonna be a big but behind that. And of course there is. Uh, you know, this but I'm okay with giving up some of that freedom, right? Um, this guy, whatever his protestations may be, is no second amendment guy by any measure. Um, uh, and you're right. So he's, he's fine with with, with waiting periods uh a pause to allow weapons to be purchased and allow government and the gun companies to look at the background, um, and do a thorough check that, you know, it just shows you how ignorant the people we elect and appoint, um, in this country are. This guy has no idea how background checks work. He doesn't know who does them. He doesn't know how they're performed. He probably doesn't know the form you have to fill out. He probably doesn't know who does the background check. Um, he obviously thinks that the gun companies are somehow involved in a background check business. And this is a guy who is chief law enforcement officer in a city of I don't know what Tulsa, seven hundred fifty thousand, maybe a million people. Right. Um, that you know, it's 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 embarrassing. Um, and um, it's also not unusual for any big city chief of police. These people uh, almost uniformly are appointed to these jobs by the mayor or city council, um, and they reflect the politics of big city mayors and big city city councils. Uh, that's why you see very different points of view among sheriffs in this country who were elected by the people, not appointed by politicians. They're almost universally elected, and they have to run uh, based on actual, you know, actual law and order um, platforms, and reflecting the beliefs and the policies that appeal to the voters. And that's why so many sheriffs in this country, uh, come out against gun control laws. That's why so many sheriffs supported, uh, constitutional carry, um, sanctuary movement. And a lot of them came out, you know, in even in states like Oregon, Washington, places, uh, deep blue places like that that passed background, that passed, uh, gun control laws. They said, I will not be enforcing that in my county. Um, there's just a huge divide between elected sheriff and appointed chief of police and it's just a stark representation of that
1: well he's obviously a big if, if you look at the article he he thinks it was great when the uh when the federal government took control of the airlines for example
0: after, yeah that's after just 9 wonderful yeah yeah the the patriot act has obviously been a boon to freedom and uh and uh uh, since uh, 9-11 so uh, apparently he wants more more of the same and he just um, he wants to be first in line to give up some of his gun rights um, and to uh, have to wait uh, wait some period of time to take possession of a gun after he buys it uh, I'm sure he's in favor of red flag laws I'm sure he's in favor of uh, universal background checks um, and Anything else that uh, uh, organizations like Mayors, Mayors Against Illegal Gun um, support and everybody else in the gun control industry. So, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's a, Tulsa is 411,000 people.
0: Oh, that's small. Okay.
1: Yeah. They are, where are they at on the crime? Let's see. Well, they're not number one. Let's see. I don't see them. No. I wouldn't expect it
0: would be. No. But I'm sure they're down the list. That is Oklahoma after all. Yeah. Um
1: there's only like there's not four million people in Oklahoma. No. But it no. did but their crime did go up by five percent. And they had a twenty nine percent surge in homicide in twenty twenty. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um as so many of almost every city did in twenty twenty. Yep. Um but, um, yeah, uh, again, anytime somebody precedes his comments regarding guns with, I'm a second amendment guy, hold on, you know, hold on to your wallet, hold yeah. on to your gun rights. Yeah. And, uh, look out because there's, there's, uh, some bad news coming right after that.
1: <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing. This is the other thing. Um, what I find interesting is that um I don't know how old this guy is. He doesn't look as old as I am perhaps, but you know, you never can tell nowadays. And uh Yeah. It's, uh, so or, uh, um you know, the the whole the premise behind the instant background check was that it was new. We had not had to go through a background check before, and this any right delayed was a right denied. Right? I mean, was that was that part of the impetus behind it? And the three day wait period was actually a check on the government's power because if if you leave it up to the government, they don't care if they ever get back to you.
0: Well, yeah, that was a, a three day limit that was written into the law, so if it couldn't wait any more than three days, you know, if they got backed up. Or if that was being managed in some way as is a de facto waiting period, right? Uh, which some people have claimed has happened in the past, but mostly doesn't. You know, most of the time, when you go in and buy a gun, you get an answer back, and it's just you know.
1: Well, the, the the thing with the thing with that part of it that bugs me the most is the idea or the supposition that the government should be the arbiter of any of this stuff.
0: Correct. Plus, Second anybody nine,
1: nine, anybody going through a background check probably is not going to be committing any crimes in most cases.
0: No. no so so he, he's out there. In other
1: places. Uh, he's got nothing but anecdotal nonsense, and uh, at the same time, he, he disregards everything about it. Do we know why he had to say anything about it at all? What, 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 what pulled his string?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think he, he sat down with an interview with the uh, local Public radio station there, oh. and um, he was asked. You know, there's uh, crime in, in every big city is a, an issue, um, and if you're a, a public radio,
1: who's uh, reporter, who runs the city? Is that is that run by Democrats?
0: Uh, I would be surprised if it isn't. Virtually any city of any size, you know, half a million and up. Yeah, although they're just under that.
1: Um, I, I don't know. I I, I don't. All I know is that. Some of this stuff, uh <laughs> if you for somebody to claim that they're a second amendment guy, that means I know what I'm talking about, first of all, if you're gonna say that. And then if you're gonna say it, it's a little bit like when somebody comes to me and goes, Hi, how are you doing? I'm a Christian. Why are you telling me that? ever heard? You ever had anybody? Have you ever seen that in politics where they get out there and they want to talk about how much of a Christian man they are? You ever notice that? Yeah, you,
0: you hear that all the time, and they have to establish their bona fides. And um, yeah, that's
1: well, usually. If that were the case, then it would take one. It would take one. It wouldn't take it every every response. Running out of time. Running out of time. And uh, as always, thank you for taking the time to join me.
0: Thanks for having me. Always for a good time.
1: This is at the truthaboutguns.com. This is where you go. This is where you go for the latest in the gun world, in the gun culture, in the politics. I mean, if you go look at their segments and their sections they have available to you, they have. Gear reviews, gun reviews, guns for beginners, gun control. They got it all. Hour number three is inbound. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load.